Life Audio. Hello and welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast with Trisha and Michelle. We're just two friends reading through the Bible chronologically and encouraging you to do the same. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Daily Bible Podcast, or go to our website, dailybiblepodcast.net. We are going through the one-year chronological Bible, and we have links for that in our show notes and also at our website. And over on Facebook, we have a private Facebook group. So you can just look for a daily Bible podcast, ask to be in the group. We would love to have you there. We're just going deeper. We're sharing more. We're sharing more meaningful conversations um, with this amazing community that we're building there. It is exciting. I love, I love our group of, of friends and the Facebook, um, in the Facebook group. Also, You know what? As you're listening to the podcast, just hit the share button and share it with a friend. And also uh, rate us, give us four stars, Mm -hmm. give us five stars. If if this podcast is meaningful in your life, you know what? Rate it so that other people can find it too. Okay, so today we are reading James 1, James 2, and James 3. Oh, good old James. So when I have been mentoring young women, teenagers, college gals, um, I would always ask, and I've, I've mentored tons, or I shouldn't say mm-hmm. tons, but I've mentored a lot of young women. And I would always ask at some point with a new group or a different gal or whatever, what book of the Bible would you like to study next? They would always say James. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, well, why James? And they'd always say, well, because James is practical. All the other books just seem sort of lofty. James is like the nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, and it is, James is practical. James is, um, you know, we need the practical to go along with the gospel. And without defining what God has, has, um, has, has done for us. And, and so, but James is more of a living out. Like it's not just practical. It's the living out. It's the now that I know what God has done for me. Now let's live it out. Let's, this is what it looks like. So. A little bit of background. James was written by James, the half-brother of Jesus, and his Greek name was actually Jacob. And Jacob was a leader of the Jerusalem church. Really, he was a pillar there, and he lived through much hardship, and he was known as a peacemaker. So um, really, James... James is the summary of Jacob's sage wisdom of all that he lived through, all that he learned, and he's sharing it with us. He wants to really get into our business and he wants to challenge how we live. Okay. So we're, we're not going to call it Jacob's words. We're going to call it James words because it, that's, that's what we, we see when we open mm-hmm. up the Bible. It's James, but James writes about living out our faith despite pressures from the outside world. James is written to a Christian audience who knew they didn't have to do anything mm-hmm. to earn their faith. But in James, we see and we learn about what living out our faith looks like. Because when we are a bondservant of Christ, as Paul always reminding us about the bondservant of Christ, when we grasp how great Christ is, we can't help but serve him. And so James instructs us on how to live out our faith. First, James reminds us that life is hard. 
but he believes that life's hardships and sufferings are gifts that produce endurance and patience and shape our character because it's in suffering where God does amazing work. And also notice that James mentions perfect, and he actually uses the word several times in this book. Now, he's not saying that you and I will attain perfection on this side of heaven, but in Hebrew and Greek, this word refers to wholeness, to uh, completeness, to accomplish. It means living a life where our values and how we live out our faith are consistent in what we know to be true of Christ. So remember in Romans, we need to be transformed by the mm-hmm. renewing of our minds. It's something that is takes on layer after layer after layer. And, and James is reminding us that if we allow God, God will continually transform us. But how many times can you and I say that we are living in wholeness? I mean, (laughs) how awesome that we serve a God who is on mission to Mm, restore us and to make us whole. You know, God is the giver of all good gifts and he loves to hand down wisdom freely. So if you lack it, ask for it. And if you don't have it, it's because you didn't ask for wisdom. And so he wants to hand down that wisdom. We need to be quick to listen, James tells us, and slow to speak. So muzzle that tongue, my friends. And, you know, it's that tongue that gets us into so much trouble. And so he's saying we need to be slow to get angry, like, like, hold back that anger. And he says, get rid of all the evil in Mm -hmm. our lives. James also reminds us that pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the father means caring for the orphans and the widows in their distress. So be doers of the word, be genuine in your faith because genuine faith will always follow Jesus's teachings. James sees James also sees that favoritism of the day, and hello, we see it today. It's a timeless pitfall that Satan uses to snag us. James warns against being friends and doing nice things for the rich and the flashy people when we are ignoring the mm-hmm. poor and the uncared for. So he is, again, he points that pure And genuine religion in the sight of God means caring for the widows and the orphans, for caring for the poor, for not just wanting to be, not just wanting to rub shoulders with the rich or rubbing shoulders with with those who we think are going to get us things. He says, no, 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 no. It's about loving your neighbor as yourself. And he says, if you don't love your neighbor as yourself, you will be judged Mm -hmm. because God will judge you for that. And I love what you said that it's the practical things, all the practical things. It's like you read a verse, you're like, oh, that's really good. The next verse, oh, that's really good because it's all so practical to our mm-hmm. lives. Um, there was a time when we were getting ready to adopt um, our, yeah, Casey and Bella, who are now older, but they were little toddlers. And we were reading through the Bible and we all of a sudden we got connected with these kids in foster care and we were so scared and we were so overwhelmed and we were supposed to go pick them up in a rather quick amount of time. I won't go into the whole story, but suddenly we were like, what are we doing? Are we doing the right thing? And we sat down to do our Bible reading and it was the first chapter of James. And when we got to the verse 27, where it talks about pure religion is this to care for the orphans and the widows, we just started crying because we knew God was asking us to step out and to do that. It was hard, but it was such a good 
peaceful reminder that God was in it. And so I love that just at the right time, God will give us exactly what we need. And he used James in that time. So, and I love that James is a leader of the church in Jerusalem because there was a time when, remember, Jesus's brothers weren't so sure about his ministry. And so Mm -hmm. now he's a leader of this first Christian church. They faced a famine. They were continually persecuted. And this letter isn't to a specific church, rather James He's been teaching for a long time and he's like summing it up. Like this is the nuts and bolts, like you're saying, of our everything he's been teaching in this first Christian church. And that's why there's so much good stuff packed in. So picking up where Michelle left off, James discusses the importance of faith and works in the life of the believer. He asked a rhetorical question, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Mm -hmm. And so James argues that without faith, action is dead and meaningless. He illustrates this point by giving the example of someone who sees a brother or sister in need but does nothing to help them. James emphasizes that genuine faith should manifest itself through actions of love and compassion. James then delves into the power of the tongue in James 3. And I remember 20 years ago when I first started my first teen mom support group and they like, we're going to study the Bible in our support group meetings. I have like a dozen young, young, young moms in there and they'd be like, I don't want to listen to the Bible. And so God one day said, go to James 3. And so it talks about the tongue. And in this passage, James warns, James warns about the destructive potential of the tongue, comparing it to a small fire that can set a forest ablaze. And I could picture those the faces of those young women as I read, the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and itself set on fire by hell. And their eyes were like, <laughs> and it, this is not boring. The Bible's not boring. Mm-mm. It's just not a no. list of rules. They're like, that's in the Bible? As we're talking about, like, does your tongue get you in trouble? They're like, yeah. I'm like, this is what the Bible is all for practical stuff. And so I love how I could still picture their faces as I'm reading about how the tongue can just set ablaze everything. Um, James emphasizes the importance of controlling and using our speech for edification, which is improvement, rather than tearing others down. James highlights the inconsistency of using our tongues to praise God while also using them to curse our fellow human beings. Like, ooh, that's like an arrow to the heart. Like, oh yeah, you praise God one minute and then are cursing and complaining about other people. Basically, James is reminding Christ's followers that deeds should accompany faith, and he cautions against uncontrolled speeches' harmful effects. He encourages believers to live out their faith through loving actions and to be mindful of the words they speak. Mm. Being mindful of the words they speak. Being mindful is a very hard thing because Mm -hmm. sometimes, I mean— Sometimes the our tongues get us in so much trouble and the words are on the tip of the, our tongues before they actually go through our mind and before we ask ourselves, should I really say this? Mm-hmm. Like, it just pops out. But then there's those people who sit and they won't answer right away. They just sort of pause. Those you know are people who are mindful. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, Lord, would you just make me like a little bit more like yeah. them? so important. Okay. Well, we need to take a break. We need to hear from our sponsor. And when we come back, we'll have the word of the day. Stay tuned.
Okay, so the word of the day is perfect. And of course, we know the definition of perfect is being entirely without fault or defect. It's flawless. And we saw several times in our reading today the word perfect. But I want us to center our thoughts on every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. That was a verse that I, I think I was in college where I saw it hanging in um, someone's um, office, I think a professor. And, um, and, and beside that was a picture of his kids. And, mm. um, and he said yeah. that they were the perfect gift from God. And so remember when God finished his work of creation, he declared it very good. But when people finish their work, like when you or I finish our work, we consider it good enough because it, it it's almost like no matter how much a perfectionistic tries, or maybe I should say I consider it good enough, no matter how yeah. hard I try in my perfectionism, I cannot create perfectionism. Mm -hmm. There will always be room mm -hmm. for improvement. There will be room in, for improvement if if it's just good enough or it, there just always will be room yeah. here on heaven for improvement. Only God can produce something that is perfect. And like going back to those, those little kids in my professor's picture of his kids, only God can produce something that's perfect. Now, of course, we know that they were sinful creatures because every child is born with sin, but yeah. that is, that was something that was perfect. So, for this reason, James tells us every perfect gift is from above because God gives perfect gifts. And I went to Christianity.com for a little help with this. The word perfect means complete or lacking nothing, as we talked about earlier. This That is not to say that a perfect gift provides everything a person can ever need, but rather it fully accomplishes what the giver intends. People do not have the capacity to give anything perfect. We are corrupted by sin. We lack the ability to give perfection. Perfection is something this world um, cannot produce. Only God possesses the ability to give perfect gifts. And that is why every perfect gift is from above. In this verse, there are two um, different Greek words that are used for the word gift. In the first phrase, every good and perfect gift is the word dosis. And this word focuses more on the act of giving than the gift itself. And when people give gifts, they can have mixed motives and feelings, some good, others bad. But when God bestows gifts, when he gives gifts, his motives always stem from his perfect character. And the word used for gift in the second half of the of the verse is dorama. And it refers to the actual gift, which is anything God gives mm. a person. A gift by its nature benefits the recipient. And these God-given gifts can range from the air people breathe, a person's time, or the opportunities that they receive. When God gives a perfect gift, it may not be something that we want or something which makes us feel good. However, it is something we need. So earlier in the chapter, James describes the outcome that we pass through when we pass through trials. And he notes how they perfect a believer. Mm. So 
In the immediate context of this verse, James speaks about Christians who undergo trials and face temptations. When challenged by difficult circumstances, a person's heart may reveal ugly, sinful things, thoughts, memories, desires, what have you. And God says he allows those hard seasons, those trials to test our hearts. And the trial is any hardship God permits in a person's life to cause their faith to grow. So every good and perfect gift doesn't always mean it's a child or it's mm-hmm. it's sometimes those perfect gifts are those trials that in fact perfect us. They help us grow from one stage to the next stage. And that could be God's perfect gift for you today. We don't know. And I think one of the big questions is like, God, why do you allow this to happen? Why do you allow the hard stuff to happen? And we, we, we struggle. Some people walk away from faith. Some people don't like it. It's hard stuff. Yeah. And how can this be a perfect gift? This is horrible. This is hard. I don't want to go through this. Mm-hmm. But I think through this year, Michelle, reading through God's word, um, I can see more clearly how trials perfect a believer, like you were saying, with the goal of drawing us to the perfect Christ. Mm-hmm. Like it's, ugh, we hate trials. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if we are connecting with God, the perfect Christ, he does change us. And it is a right. good gift because we, like we don't want to keep living with all that ickiness inside us, and he wants to work that out of us. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's through a trial. Um, anything that draws us closer to Jesus is a gift, even though we don't want it. It's not a gift that's like surprise or a Christmas gift, or you know, sometimes we don't feel like it's a gift, but it is. Um, and I want to end one thought with the gift we can give to others today. So. Like we're talking about trials or gifts, but we also know there's a lot of ways that we can give gifts to others. And so let's jump back to James 3, 9 through 10. And it says, with the tongue, we praise the Lord and Father, mm-hmm. and we curse it with human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Sisters, this should not be. Um, I love that. Sisters, this should not be. Was he talking mm-hmm. to specifically women here? Maybe he's <laughs> like, control your tongues, ladies. Uh, maybe. Um, but what others say to us and what we say to others can last a long time mm. for good or for evil. So a casual, sarcastic or critical remark can inflict lasting injury on another person. One person's cutting remark about appearance or intelligence can hurt and haunt for a lifetime. So we know like those things that people might just say because they're angry or offhand, that can be something that keeps cycling in our mind. Um, on the other hand, a well-timed encouragement or compliment can inspire someone for the rest of their life. And mm. I interview a lot of authors uh, on my podcast, The Trisha Goyer Show. I'd have a lot of people on there. Um, and I often ask them, who inspired you to become a writer? And I can't tell you the number of them who say, there was a teacher in mm. the sixth grade, or my grandma read my story and loved it. Or mm. like there was someone in their life that yeah. spoke an encouraging word that gave them the gift of encouragement to see the gift in themselves. Um, and that has carried with them. So there will, we will never be perfect with our words and apologizing is important. If we had said something that is hurting someone else, but equally important is giving encouragement or compliments to others, especially young people and um, to call out what you see in them to encourage them there's so many voices in their lives that are telling them the negative 
it's something each of us can give today. It's something that can inspire them for life. So just like that tongue can be, can spark a wildfire, it also can be a seed that can grow a wildflower. And I just like mm-hmm. came up with this very poetic thing. <laughs> so <laughs> friends, don't spark a wild fire with your words. Instead, plant a seed of encouragement that will grow into a wild flower and will flourish and will expand and spread in their lives. Mm-hmm. There you go, Michelle. That's really good. <laughs> That's really good. And, you know, here's the thing is that in in planting that seed, I mean, God's using you to plant a good gift, mm-hmm. to plant a perfect gift of what he is trying to bring forth in someone else. And that's a very good thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paul saw that God was using him to spread the gospel. And um, and so we need to see that God is using us to, to spread the gospel, to spread him, and um, and to further um, people's people's faith in who God is, their knowledge of God, their love for God. And there is no greater, no greater gift than that. So good. So, Trisha, can you pray for us today? Just that, mm-hmm. yeah, that we would see God in an, in a new way and um, that we would accept his perfect gifts for us. Mm-hmm. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are perfect, that we can always look to you um, and your goodness and your rightness. And Lord, I pray that um, as you give us gifts, even though they don't seem perfect, that they, that they seem hard, that you have a plan to perfect us, to make us more like you. And sometimes it's the hard stuff that will help us to dig out that yucky stuff in our hearts and to turn to you and to um, seek to be more Christ-like, Lord. I pray that you will continue to perfect us, even though it's hard. I thank you that in your goodness, you do give us gifts that are sometimes hard because you see the greater good in the end. But I also pray, Lord, that you will help us to give perfect gifts to others and words of encouragement that we will um, be mindful, that we will be thoughtful, that we will hold our tongues when we shouldn't speak, but yet we will also speak and encourage and love others, just like James was encouraging those and and guiding them and teaching them, I pray that you will help us to give perfect gifts with our words today. And I just thank you and praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we are sending you off with some daily encouragement to get into the Word and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Again, if you don't have the one-year chronological Bible that we are using, we have links to that Bible in our show notes. You can even find it in the Kindle format. Also in the show notes is a monthly and yearly schedule of the Bible reading plan that we are following. Okay, so tomorrow we finish up James, James 4 and James 5, and then we start a new book, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 1 and 1 Timothy 2. And I want to take a second here to thank the team at Life Audio. Life Audio is the place for Christian podcasts. You can listen to daily devotionals or just listen to a conversation around the culture And you can find encouragement for your weary heart today. That's lifeaudio.com to strengthen your walk with God. And we will see you here tomorrow. Bye-bye.